Welcome back, Crack fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. On today's show, we are thrilled to be joined by one of only four players throughout the entire Division I women's college tennis game to be named an All-American in both singles and doubles. And of course, she's a player who has had so much success throughout her career at UCLA, an NCAA singles quarterfinalist in 2019, and one of the leaders of a UCLA team that, again, was looking so good uh, throughout the duration of the 2020 season. Jada Hart joins the show today to talk about you know, what it was like for her as a senior to learn that her season was going to be canceled and, you know, weighing with that fact, uh, weighing that she had the opportunity to come back the next year. You know, we ask her what goes into her decision and, you know, she has ultimately decided that she will be coming back for an additional season at UCLA. And, you know, we wanted to explore a little bit of why, you know, how much is the fact that that team that she was leaving this season was a really special group. They had the opportunity to do some really incredible things. Of course, this year's UCLA UCLA team also made some history for the program, knocking off and ending, I should say, their losing streak against the Stanford women's team. Of course, Stanford, one of the most, if not the most successful college tennis program in history in the women's game over the past 10, 15 years. So it was a really fun conversation with Jada. The thing I learned most from this is, again, just how many fantastic, how many spectacular, amazing, you can use all of the adjectives you want, personalities there are in the college tennis world, and Jada Hart is a Another one of them, and I know I speak for all of us college tennis fans when I say how you know excited we are, how fortunate we feel to know that we're going to get Jada back for another season of college tennis. And so, you know, again, we talk about all of that. We talk about what it's like to compete as, on the team as a senior versus being you know the young freshman who you know doesn't have as many expectations put on them. And you know, for her, how she's adapted to that leadership role and so much more. And so, it's a fantastic conversation. I am so excited for all of you Crack Rackets listeners to hear. Of course, the reason we are able to do these Cracked Interviews podcasts is because of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports. And you know all about Midwest Sports because for more than 20 years, they've served as one of the world's premier tennis equipment suppliers. And it's because they offer a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few retailers can match. They also have one of the largest in-stock inventories of tennis equipment online with tens of thousands of products available for shipping directly from their automated warehouse to your front door. They value innovation and have personally tailored their products to highlight your skills on the court. Their well-trained staff are also intimately familiar with all of their equipment and can help you find that perfect tennis racket, perfect shoe, or perfect pair of tennis clothing. That is sure to put you ahead of the competition. Their selections of equipment are consistently first to market, and they pride themselves in stocking their tennis warehouse with the newest products at the lowest prices. And if you want to learn more about the products being offered right now on MidwestSports.com, be sure to check out the Great Shot podcast I did with Midwest Sports buyer and product manager. Dave Limke, who was kind enough to come back onto the show for his second time, and we always have such a fun time when we have him. So, you know, we'd expect more of those moving forward. But, you know, he gave us some perspective. He said, look, why, you know, he says one of the most undervalued parts of tennis is, you know, the equipment, the fact that people, you know, because rackets get expensive, strings get expensive, and they understand that at Midwest Sports. And, you know, we're not all pro players. We can't be restringing our rackets every two minutes. Uh, but, you know, he makes a point to say, look, you are doing yourself a disservice service if you are not treating your equipment properly. That frames, you know, despite being the material that they are, you know, a tennis frame, a tennis racket will decay. You know, strings will decay over time, even if they don't pop. And, you know, he talks about, again, the importance of 
maintaining and updating your equipment. And he also talks about the latest equipment being offered at MidwestSports.com. So I highly recommend all of you go check out the podcast I just did with David. It's also a bunch of fun as well because we've gotten to know each other a little bit. And so we feel comfortable poking fun, I suppose, at one another. You can learn the story of how it's actually called Yonix and not Yonix by listening to that podcast. Anyways, the theme of this podcast, or the theme of this ad read, uh, our friends at Midwest Sports, again, so supportive of us. The least we can do is ask you to go support them. And the way you do that by going to MidwestSports.com, you're going to want to order yourself up some gear. Use our promo code CR15. Let them know we sent you there and get 15% off all of your orders. Free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75 and a free can of Wilson Extra Duty uh, tennis balls to, again, ensure that you have all you need for when you make your return to the uh, tennis court. Limited uh, or some restrictions do apply, but please remember, go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. All right. With that being said, again, I am so excited because we recorded this interview, I would say a little over a month ago, and I keep plugging this. We've got a beautiful queue of podcasts lined up for all of you listeners, but today you get to hear one of my favorite interviews we have done over the past couple of months. So without further ado, here is my conversation with singles and doubles All-American during the 2020 season, UCLA's Jada Hart. Joining us on the Cracked Interviews podcast today, she was one of only four players in 2020 to receive All-American status in both singles and doubles, a senior for the UCLA Bruins women's tennis team. Jada Hart, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Oh, no complaints. Not as well as a you know double All-American, I suppose. That had to have been a nice little boost to your quarantine uh, period. Yeah, it was it was really nice to hear the news that I got All-American in singles and doubles. I was actually anticipating um, really just listening if I got the All-American for singles um, because that was the one I was really nervous about uh, since I didn't do so well in the last couple matches. So that was the one I was really waiting for. So to hear I got it in singles too was pretty sweet. Yeah, no, absolutely awesome. And I do want to ask about that, what that means to you. Um, But, you know, I want to start with the gloomy questions. We'll get them out of the way at the beginning. For you as a senior, uh, you know, you guys were off to a really special start. You had beaten Stanford twice. I think the first two times you had beaten Stanford during your time at UCLA. You know, how did you find out the news that the season was going to be canceled? And, you know, can you walk us through your initial reaction to that news? So I was actually on the court with the team. Um, It was a pretty typical Thursday, March 12th to be exact. Um, (laughs) We were having our normal team practice. It actually got switched to a big team practice because usually we split it into two groups on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But the boys had to play USC later that day, so we just did a big team practice. So we were in the middle of that when the head coach on the men's team, Billy Martin, came to the front courts to tell Stella, our head coach, that they were going to suspend conference play first. And so once we initially heard that, it was um, very surprising and there was just a lot of mixed emotions on the team. And at that point in time, I don't think anybody was in a good mood at that point to continue practice. So 
we stopped practice right there and a few of my teammates and I decided to go to a diner in Westwood called Mary and Rob's. We go there a lot before our dual matches and we decided to order a stack of pancakes to kind of eat our eat our feelings away a little bit. Um, so that's kind of how we took the news initially. And then the next day was when we officially found out that the NCAA was canceling the rest of the season. And I was actually in my apartment with my roommate who was also an athlete. So telling her the news was really devastating and we both just cried on our beds and we were pretty speechless at that point. We just didn't know what to do. So um, it was a pretty sad 48 hours and um, it was around finals week for us as well. So there was a lot going on at that time. No, I can only imagine. I have to ask a couple of follow-ups, but the most obvious one, I would be a binge eating banana chocolate chip pancake sort of guy. What'd you go with? I stuck with the traditional buttermilk pancakes. Um, I I think I did three. I think I did three <laughs> buttermilk pancakes. Um, but my teammate Sasha, she ordered blueberry pancakes and she didn't finish all of them. So I took one of hers and ate that one. So <laughs> I was just being a bit of a pig that day, but it's okay. I had good reason to do it. Yeah, I was gonna say definitely worthwhile. Definitely <laughs> something you deserved. And you know, for you at that point, again being a senior and not only in the midst of a spectacular season, you guys had made the national indoor finals, as I mentioned. Uh, I think you know two wins over Stanford, twelve and one at that point. But just to be a senior and to have your senior real, uh, year really taken away from you. I know you mentioned the tears, but just you know, what's it like to have to mentally and emotionally process something like that I was not ready to process it I was like I said it was a bit of a shock and it was just more news coming one day after the other and there was just um really not a lot of information at that point in time when the season did get canceled and at that point in time it was just figuring out what to do next because it was my senior season and um, the NCAA didn't grant the extra year of eligibility yet. So I was expecting to pretty much end my collegiate career on that note, which was not the way that any athlete anticipates finishing their collegiate career. So there was just a lot of emotion, but it was just also confusion as well. So there was really not a lot that I could think about at that time. Um, it was just all about processing the information and just kind of slowly taking it in uh, which took quite a while to do but it was really it was really a difficult time not only for myself but for the rest of the team as well um and that team practice was the last day I actually saw my teammates so that was heartbreaking yeah, uh, how sh you know, I, I want to follow up with a couple of things, but how difficult was that just coordinating? Because I know I think you guys have some international players on your roster, but just everyone who had to go home and getting everyone home quickly, you know, how stressful was that for you? Uh, just, you know, getting home and, you know, sort of settling at, with everything being canceled. Well, luckily for me, I'm a Southern California native. So in terms of getting everything out of my apartment and coming back home, it wasn't too big of a transition and it wasn't too strenuous even though I was doing it at a time where um, things were getting worse with the COVID-19 and the cases uh, just continued to increase especially in LA so thankfully it was only a short amount of time for me to move my stuff out but yeah we do have a few teammates that are out of state and one of them is from Canada so 
um, there was definitely some difficulties from them getting their stuff out of their dorms and making sure that they had everything getting shipped home. And I actually had to help my coaches um, get my teammate stuff out of her uh, dorm so that way it could get sent back to New York since she couldn't come back. So uh, there was a lot of difficulty in that sense, but I'm thankful that I was able to get my stuff out and that all my teammates were able to do the same as well, even though it came at different periods when that took place. Uh, just a fun note here, but which teammate do you think had the most difficulty moving out? Just has too much stuff around their apartment. <laughs> um, well, like I said, I helped my uh, coaches uh, with one of the girls uh, getting their stuff on. That was Alicia, who was my doubles partner. Um, she had a lot of stuff in her dorm. Um, she took a little bit home, but she didn't know that she was going to be going home officially and not coming back. So we did have a lot of stuff to get out of the room and some of the stuff had to be put in storage and we had to wait for the people in storage to get there and grab some of the stuff. And, uh, everything was just kind of all over the place because also that same day I was moving my stuff out of my apartment. So I was kind of going back and forth. Um, because her dorm in my apartment is a bit of a distance. So, um, we just had to work it out and try to do the best we can in that time frame to get everything out. So that was yeah. a bit stressful moment there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows you can't get anywhere in LA without a car. Uh, so oh, I no. can only imagine yeah, how difficult that must be. Um, but, you know, you mentioned beforehand the NCAA uh, had yet to announce when you first found out that they were going to extend another year of eligibility. And I want to talk about your decision in a second. But for you, were you, you know, you know, I guess it, it was still early on, but had you processed that you had maybe played your last match as a UCLA Bruin? And then ultimately, when you heard the news that there was going to be an extra year of eligibility, extended to you you know what was your reaction in the moment I think after hearing that the season was officially going to be over I think I started to process a little bit that this is the end of my collegiate career even though it was not the way I wanted it to end and it was just learning how to um, cope from that and just how to move on because there was potentially a chance that the NCAA wouldn't be able to grant that extra year of eligibility. So I was starting to accept it a little bit. But um, once they made that official announcement that they were granting that extra year, it was a sigh of relief knowing that I was going to get another chance to um, end my collegiate career on my terms. And uh, I'm very thankful that the opportunity was presented not only for the senior class, but everyone else in, in spring sports as well because this was an untimely end to the season for everybody. So um, I started to have some um, faith um, once the NCAA made that announcement. So I was really happy with, with their decision. Yeah, And you wrote an article that all of our listeners can go find on the UCLA women's tennis homepage. And, you know, the title, My Decision, you say, Bruin Nation, I'm not done yet. And you start the piece here. This team was so special, and we were on our way to one of the best seasons this program has seen. And I was feeding off of it individually. Uh, you know, I'm curious in terms of your decision, and I guess spoiler alert here, but you made the decision to come back to for a fifth year, and that's something all of us uh, t college tennis fans are excited about. But for you, you know, in terms of making that decision, where did that process start for you? Why did coming back to UCLA feel like something that appealed to you? 
So when I began the initial process of making the decision to return, it all started in the athletics department and just seeing what my options were in terms of school, in terms of what this extra year was going to present, um, and just speaking with people um, in the athletics department and then also talking to my coach about it and finding out more information really gave me some hope that um, this was actually going to be doable. And so once it became official between the NCAA and UCLA, um, it was an opportunity I wanted to take advantage of. And uh, I knew that I wouldn't get another opportunity like this. So I couldn't, I couldn't back down on this one. This was something I had to take. And I knew it was not only going to be the right decision for me, but it was going to be, it's probably going to be a life changing experience for me to get this extra year to be a part of this team for one more time. And um, like I said earlier, it, it was a very special team and we did have a lot going for us this season. And just the way things ended was just not the way we anticipated. So I wanted another year to uh, be a part of this special group and to recreate all the great memories that we did have this season and hopefully um, chase an NCAA title or a Pac-12 title and even uh, a national indoors title, which we unfortunately missed out on this season. But we had a great run, and I really loved this team, and I wanted another chance um, to finish it right with, with these group of girls. So I was really happy with that decision that I made. So let's start with the tennis part then, because as you mentioned, that national indoors final and you guys are 12 and one, and it's a really young team as well. You're the only senior on the roster. I know uh, you guys have a couple of juniors as well, but you know, everyone is going to be coming or, you know, in theory, everyone could come back to next year's team. And just, I'm curious, given the level of play you experienced in practice, given that you had gone from playing, you know, two singles, one singles to playing three singles, but certainly your level still just as high as it ever was you know from the tennis side why why does coming back to college tennis you know why does that decision help you from a tennis standpoint I think it's definitely gonna help me mentally because I I I do believe that that's the one area in my tennis where I did struggle in the juniors and something I uh sometimes do struggle with a little bit even in college so that's going to be the biggest development for me it's just you know, keeping it mentally cool on the court, not acting a fool, not going crazy. <laughs> um, so that was one of the big things that really college just college tennis has helped me with. And the big reason why I did go to college and um, but really it's just making that decision to come back, which is all about the team. And I do believe that I've developed a lot over time in my tennis, not only physically, but mentally, um, as I pointed out. Um, but this was, um, this team and I, we were very close and because we are so very close, it just makes it easy to want to do it for the team. Um, no matter what position in the lineup I'm in, it's just all for them. It's all for the school. And I'm just very appreciative for the opportunity to come back, um, to be a part of the team and to have the amazing coaching staff that we do have. 
Yeah, and to the team that you had this year, you talked about it being special. You know, you've played on some good teams. You guys were obviously uh, NCAA quarterfinalists, I believe, two of your seasons. But how good was this team? You know, I had the chance to do the play-by-play calling for the Women's National Indoors, and, you know, I didn't get to see you much because it was 2-2 two and two or 1-0 and oh or whatever it was. You were off this court so quickly, and I know North Carolina got you guys in the finals, but I'm just curious, what did you feel about this? team you know did you think this was a group that could certainly compete for an NCAA championship um I really didn't believe it until we actually started season because you anticipated um in the beginning of the year with every single team you know everyone brings a different kind of talent and um a different level and it just really helps the team in so many ways and every team is different so um, I just had the same mentality that I had with the previous team saying like, oh, we're definitely a contender for a, cont- for a title. But it's really just like when we first start playing, that's when you really see is this like an actual NCAA title contender team. And once we started the season and I saw how um, the team performed, especially the first weekend of kickoff, which I unfortunately missed. Um, I was impressed, especially with our two freshmen. I mean, they came out playing lights out, and I'm like, wow, we have a lot of talent, and it's just about putting the pieces together and just making sure that uh, we can stay calm and stay cool in the big points. And um, once we went to Chicago and started playing at indoors and we had the run that we did, that's when it really came into full tuition that we could really have a run at going for that NCAA title. So um, just seeing how well the freshmen performed this year and then seeing how well our transfer performed this year as well. Like everyone just performed very well this year. Like no one really didn't have a bad season. So um, we were definitely on our way to doing some great things this year. And unfortunately when season ended, it was at the beginning of Pac-12 conference in which we did, beat Stanford which was our last match of the year so we were we were starting to come in hot and I I did believe in this team and what we could do in postseason two wins over Stanford what did that mean to you and the program ah it was amazing it was a relief (laughs) at last I had been waiting for my first win against Stanford for so many years and to have finally uh, was finally able to do it in Chicago was the best feeling ever. Like at that point, I think my my year was complete for me individually. Like <laughs> even though we were in February and it's only the beginning of the season, my year was complete. My national indoors was complete. It was just it was the one thing besides obviously getting an NCAA title that I wanted to accomplish because we do play Stanford every year at least twice and. Um, we've lost them every single time, especially after winning the doubles points. So um, to finally have been able to put the pieces together and get three additional uh, single wins besides getting that doubles point was just a big sigh of relief when it first happened in Chicago. And then to follow that up uh, on their home courts uh, was pretty cool because they have a long winning streak. Um, that we were able to snap between Pac-12 play and um, their home streak. So uh, we were able to do some big things this year, and beating Stanford twice was definitely the icing on the cake for the short season that we did have. 
I'm curious, how does that compare to a match against USC, the atmosphere playing Stanford? Because everyone who goes to UCLA or USC talks about how special that rivalry is. But I feel like your team is probably privileged enough to get to say that you have two, you know, unique rivals that bring out different things probably in you. Yeah, we have um, two very tough uh, rivalries between USC and Stanford. And obviously with USC, because they're across town rivals, and it's just to see, you know, who dominates LA. And we did play USC before the season ended, and we were able to get that win there on their home court. So it was a nice way to kind of end the season with having a win over USC. But um, over the years, we've created a rivalry with Stanford and even though we've lost a lot of tough matches over the years, um, they've always been very close and very competitive. And so it was just getting over that next hump and, and getting that last point that we've been missing for a while. So, um, but it feels nice to have this kind of rivalry between both schools and um, each match against them is very tough. And so it's pretty unique to have two different rivalries going on while we're in the same conference. How does it improve the level of tennis? Is it, you know, I I imagine there's a lot of nerves, but I imagine the competition also brings out the best. It really brings out the best in every every person on the court um, because the rivalries are so tight and neck and neck. Um, Everyone wants to do well and everyone wants to win, Um, especially when we play USC because we don't like losing to our crosstown rivals. Like it, it's painful. We we don't like it just as much as we don't like losing to Stanford. We do not like losing to SC either. So um, whenever we do play both of those schools, there's like another level of energy that just comes from the team, and everyone's just really excited to play um, those matches against them. Like because we, we just want to beat them so badly. So. Um, there's a lot of yelling, there's a lot of screaming, there's a lot of, you know, cheering, come on, you know, the crowd gets involved. And I think that's what makes college tennis special is that when you can get when you can get the crowd involved, that's when it's really like that. That's when it's the best. Um, so I enjoy that. And I'm sure the team enjoys it as well. And um, it was definitely um, nice to play both schools um, before season ended and get wins over them, too. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned you are from Southern California, so I'm sure the UCLA-USC rivalry was something you were aware of before, but as one of the senior leaders on your team, is that something you communicate to your younger players that, hey, we're playing, or, you know, are they already aware of the fact that when you play Stanford, when you play USC, it means something more, or is that something you, you know, sort of share with them beforehand, and I'm curious how your role as a senior leader this year, you know, maybe look different than you your roles on previous year's teams? Um, I've, I've kind of given a little heads up to the newcomers on the team about the rivalry between both schools, um, especially against USC, because it's such a long history of going back and forth. And, you know, it's really all about who dominates LA. And I've kind of told the girls that, especially when we play USC, you know, the crowd really gets involved a lot just because it's a very small stadium and, it's very close to the cords. You can really get up and personal with the players. So it's really just about how you handle the crowd to your advantage. Um, and I think that's something that the team this year has really embraced really well and um, has used that to our advantage and having that win against USC. And then same thing with Stanford. I mean, we went up there and played Stanford as well, and they have a really tough crowd. And so um, just letting the girls know that, you know, sometimes it's going to be, you know, they're going to be tough. They're going to be crazy, but 
you know, we're going to have to be even more crazy if we're going to, if we're going to win sometimes, but crazy in a respectful way. But, um, it was nice that they were able to be in that kind of atmosphere. And, um, I think my position as far as being a senior and being the oldest one on the team, I think it definitely has changed a little bit in past years, just because, like I said, I am the oldest one this year. And so, um, I do have a little bit more experience under my belt compared to um, the girl, all the girls on the team. And um, it's been nice to be able to share my experiences with the newcomers, especially the freshmen who have never played a college match in their life. You know, what college tennis really is about and what the UCLA culture is about and, and what we do in our program and um, the expectations are. So it's been nice to kind of be in that position this year and um, I really enjoyed it and we had a great team this year. So it's kind of like made my job a little bit easier as far as like leading the team goes um, because everyone works really hard and everyone pretty much knows what they're doing and all that good stuff. So it was really nice to have a, a pretty solid non-stressful team this year. Yeah. I'm curious, is it more fun to be the careless freshman who's just soaking it all in or the senior leader who, yes, has a little bit more responsibility, but, you know, also a little bit more command, I suppose? Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think for me personally, I think it was, I think it's better for me that I was a senior. Um, I was kind of all over the place as a freshman. Um, and... Um, we had a very small team my freshman year. Like we didn't even have, we didn't have any seniors that year. So our two juniors that year were the captains that year and kind of led everything. But um, our team that year, we were really close since there was only six of us. And so there really wasn't a lot expected, expected. Um, but I was kind of crazy my freshman year a little bit, but <laughs> I am, I do enjoy being the, the, I shouldn't say the head person, but I guess, I guess leading the team, I, I do like that position. And, you know, it's not so much um, bossing everyone around and telling people what to do. And I don't see it that way because that's not going to be the most successful way to lead a team. But um, I do like having the girls uh, come to me and ask for advice and just being able to share my opinions with them. And um, it's been great to be in that position. So I, I think I like that position a little bit better than being a freshman. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a balance. It's nice to have both, right? It's right. Certainly be in your position, get a little bit of both worlds. Um, and I'm curious for you because, you know, I think you were 17 when you entered college, and obviously that's young. And hey, great shot to you, by the way. I was also 17. We have that in common. I knew I was with <laughs> someone smart. Um, but, you know, for you, uh, I- I'm curious, how has, because you- you've been top 600 or top 650 in, on the WTA in both singles and doubles, and just, you know, you won the Junior U.S. Open uh, doubles slam title as well. And so for you, why has, you know, go, how has going to college, I suppose, benefited you? You sort of talked about how it's helped you on the mental side of things, but just that experience in general, instead of turning pro at any point, why is college something you keep turning back to? Well, when I was in high school, I was not ready to turn pro under any, any circumstances. Um, I faced a couple major injuries in high school and I wasn't getting the results that I wanted on the, um, ITF pro circuit and like I said I I just wasn't mentally ready um I really needed time to grow and I needed my time to really just develop especially even physically um because I did suffer some of those injuries so going to college was the right choice for me and 
um, it was a t- it was a space where I really just needed to grow up. Like I really I really had a lot of growing up to do. So uh, I did believe that college was the best choice for me, and I don't regret that decision one bit. I've enjoyed my how many years I've been at UCLA. It's hard to keep count now because I've been there for so long, <laughs> and I'm about to be there for another year. But um, the years that I've been at UCLA have been some of the best years, and I really do believe that. Um, my personal and um, athletic growth really came at UCLA, and I'm so thankful for the people there um, between the coaches, my teammates, the athletic department, the staff. Like, everyone has been so influential in my time at UCLA, and I don't, uh, I wouldn't change my mind one bit um, if I were to go back to high school and, and go through that process again. Um, college was really the best thing for me. Was UCLA always the school you were looking at? Was it Coach Stella came in and you were just like, yep, this is it for me? UCLA was always one of those schools that I was really interested in for a very long time. And um, it was a little bit even before I started the recruiting process, I always pictured what would it be like to be a UCLA student-athlete. Not even a, just a student-athlete, just being a UCLA student. And when they used to have the LA Open there, I would walk around campus with my dad, um, and it's so beautiful. And because my dad and I both grew up as UCLA basketball fans, um, I've always wanted to go to a UCLA basketball game. So obviously being a UCLA student uh, would give me the privilege to go on a pretty regular basis. So um, UCLA was always on the radar for me, and it would have been a dream come true uh, it, it is now because I made it happen. But um, when I was getting recruited by UCLA, I, just, I wanted to go there so badly. So I was just waiting for the time um, when I would get that call. And it was it, it, it didn't come. Uh, it wasn't um, a quick call. Like I had to wait a few months before I initially got the call for <laughs> UCLA. So thanks, Stella, for pushing that back a little bit. But, you know, I made it. So it's OK. <laughs> Yeah, no, I have to say, at the National Endurance, we got the chance to talk to a couple of different coaches. I guess that's a humble brag for me, but talking to Stella was such a like a treat. And I remember because, I just so you know, I have some thick eyebrows, and I go, so, Coach, I'm like, Coach, who has thicker eyebrows, me or your brother Pete? And she, like, that was the first time I had gotten her to laugh, and I was just like, <laughs> oh, this is, this, like, this is spectacular. And I'm curious, you know, because obviously there have been so many successful players at UCLA over the years. How, imp- you know, how how much is that because of her impact on the program? She's an outstanding leader um, to the UCLA program. I mean, she's been there for so many years. I'm not going to name the amount of years because she'll get really mad at me for doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she's um, been an exceptional coach, uh, head coach for UCLA, and the program wouldn't be where it is without her or our other two coaches, Rance Brown and GC Kava, I mean, they've all done such an incredible job to making uh, UCLA tennis program the way it is. And it just continues to go up each and every year. And I'm just really blessed to be able to be coached by them every single day. And um, they were all um, big reasons why I did choose UCLA. I mean, they have a great reputation from the former Bruins that have played under them and even the ones that were playing uh, for them when I was getting recruited, they all had positive things to say about them. So I really felt confident in my decision in choosing UCLA, knowing I was going to get the uh, the best from them, you know, from an athletic standpoint, while also receiving 
an amazing education. So um, I'm really happy that I did choose to go to UCLA and um, they've been the best. I, I love Stella Rands and GC and um, we have all had some great memories too, you know, getting in the laugh and joke around as well. So um, the way they keep the program pretty light as well, you know, we're always having a good time. So that's, that's the most positive takeaway I can have from those coaches. Yeah. And I, you know, I, you've talked about the level of play as well. And I'm curious for you last year, because your teammates went on to win the NCAA doubles championship, but you know, you and Alicia were also having a spectacular season. I think you guys had reached number one in the country at a certain point. And I'm just curious, how competitive were those practices last season in doubles? I feel like the level of play must've just been spectacular. We had a lot of competitive um, doubles play during the season um, this past season even the season before um, I think when we played doubles we were pretty much all up in each other's face sometimes and um, <laughs> sometimes it can get too crazy and the coaches will have to split us up so um, usually when Stella makes us play doubles we only play four games and sometimes I'm like why <laughs> Stella why are we playing four games and um, when we would finish sometimes we would end up at two wall and we don't even play like a tiebreaker or a deciding um, point to see who gets that three, two lead. And so that was really frustrating at times because we always wanted to, to determine a winner, but because of this scenario, we would never have a winner. So it'd be really frustrating, but um, doubles can definitely get intense at times. And, you know, there could be a few pegs here and there, which is okay because you're going to experience that during um, practice, which I've experienced plenty of. Um, this season and even previous years but um, it just only makes our team better and I do believe you know with the structure that we do have in doubles and with Stella being a national championship in doubles herself she does set up a great foundation for us to play great doubles and to be able to be successful um, on the doubles court when we do have our dual matches. Yeah, and I, they're love taps, right? They're not pegs. They're love taps. It's just uh, your way of showing affection. Well, we, we do have some love taps, but I actually got nailed in the <laughs> eye earlier. I actually got nailed oh. in the eye earlier this year, so that wasn't really so much of a of a tap. Actually, it, it was, but it, it was it was a very painful hit, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, I'm curious as well and you know just again because I'm sure the level of play was so high and I think you guys were the one playing one doubles for a lot of last season I know they won the doubles title but you and Alicia get the chance to play Gabrielle Nyan again who's taking home the title you're confident you guys would win right oh we're taking that home we're taking that <laughs> we're taking that home 100 percent um because I, I do believe that the environment that we'll play in, whether it's in practice or in, a, in an actual match, it's going to get very tough. And, you know, we're definitely going to be loud on opposite sides of the net. But I'm confident in Alicia and I. And I, I do think if we got a match going right now, I, I do believe we would have the edge. So I, I'm confident in that. So um, if Ian and Gabby are hearing this right now, they better be ready because <laughs> – Alicia and I ain't playing no games, so. <laughs> <laughs> for the record, that was the correct answer. Uh, yes. So that's yes. exactly what I was looking I'm for. Sure, uh, I'm sure Alicia would say the exact same thing as well, so we're very <laughs> confident in that. 
I'm glad to hear it. And I guess my last tennis-related question for you is in terms of the level of play, because, again, you've played WTA-level events. You've gotten to compete against some of the best players in college tennis. How does the level of tennis compare between the two? You know, certainly as you get higher up the scale, obviously the Grand Slams are going to be a little bit better. But at the 25K, 60K, 125K levels, how does the top— how do you know the level at the top of college tennis compare to those pro-circuit events? I think they're both pretty equally tough. I mean, getting the opportunity to play near the top of the lineup has really um, helped me prepare for some of these pro circuit matches that I played over the summer and in the previous years. Um, So I think having that experience, you know, playing one, two, and three um, has helped me with the transition when I played over the summer um, to playing against some of these um, top players in the world. And I had a pretty good summer. Um, I ended up finishing it pretty strong before I came back for my senior season in the fall. So um, just the confidence that I've gained throughout college has really helped uh, in particular in particular last summer since I wasn't, wasn't able to play um, a lot of pro tournaments in the previous summers because of injuries. So just being able to play a full summer of that was pretty neat and to be able to kind of get my foot wet a little bit in that environment since I've been in college for so long. So I really helped. I really do think that the transition from college um, to the pro level has um, been pretty easy. Um, But it's also been very tough as well because, you know, the level definitely gets a little bit higher, you know, especially when the money tournaments go up. Uh, There's definitely a lot of tougher players there. So I I really do think that college has really helped set me up for that. Yeah, and I, I lied. There are going to be some bonus questions uh, about tennis because I, I'm curious. I again, having been at the national indoors, I got to see a ton of talented players, and I've been a college tennis fan for a while. But I can't remember seeing a freshman as talented as your teammate Abby Forbes, who was playing two for you guys. And that's not to say you know Alicia's not incredibly talented. All of you guys are, but you know how crazy was it to see a freshman play at her level? I was very impressed with Abby and the way she performed this season, not just in the fall, but really in the dual season. Um, And the thing is, as a freshman, you have nothing to lose and you have no expectations, really. So you're just going out there playing freely. And that's exactly what she did. I mean, she had nothing on the table. She really had nothing to defend. And she just went out there and just played lights out. And that's very impressive, especially as a freshman when you're playing at the number two position. That's a very tough position to play in, not just number one. I mean, just being in the top three, it's really tough to play in. And um, I think she only lost one match uh, during the dual season. So that was an incredible start by her. And um, it was just only the beginning for her. And it it bums. It it really bums me that the season had to end like this because she was well well on her way to doing some great things for the rest of the season. And I really do believe she was a key factor in the success that we did have this season and I'm really proud of her and the way she performed and I'm also proud of Sasha as well I mean even though she played number six she only lost one match during the season as well especially in a position where you're set to I shouldn't say set but you're expected to win every single time that's definitely a lot of pressure in that sense but she also performed very well and I'm really proud of both of my freshmen and it just uh, gives me a lot of hope that we can definitely do some great things next year with the two of them. And so uh, they had some great years and I'm, I'm definitely very proud of them. 
and you know it's part of the cool thing is you get to go back and play with them for another season and you know you talked about um how in you know from the tennis side from the mental perspective but in your piece you wrote you talked about how influential the off the court asset uh, aspects of ucla have been to you and why that's you know also driving your decision to come back can you explain you know just even beyond all of the tennis what it's like to be a student at ucla and how beneficial that's been for your development it's been a an amazing experience being a student athlete at ucla i'm very fortunate to be in this position because not a lot of people can even be a student there like it's really hard to get into ucla just as it is because it's very um tough academically but also just the rich tradition um, that this program has and also that the school has is incredible. And I wanted to be a part of it from the very beginning. And um, we have a very close athletic community and I've been fortunate enough to be able to be around other athletes and to be able to go to their games and support them. And I've had some great friendships along the way with the athletics department um, between the staff and all the other athletes. And I just love being around that community. Like we're a very, like I said, we're a very uh, close community. And um, even the organizations that I've been a part of at UCLA, more athletically based, um, I've grown a lot of friendships and great relationships there. And uh, they really do help prepare you to set uh, set up for life after college and life after tennis. So I'm really thankful that I do have another year to be a part of that amazing community and just being able to learn and grow from there. And um, UCLA is really the best. Like, I wouldn't have gone any other way or gone to any other school. Like, this was um, the best school for me, and I've had an incredible ride here. Yeah, definitely. And I do want to get do a rapid-fire segment to end asking you a little bit about your teammates. But just, you know, two final questions for you. A, uh, you know, I'm curious, and you've talked about it, but, you know, I know you have pro aspirations. Uh, you know, how have you continued to play tennis and stay in shape during this period, or have you viewed it as a time to maybe scale back a little bit? And B, you know, is pursuing a pro tennis career something you still have your eyes on? So when we, so when I came back from home, uh, we were actually on lockdown and we were on quarantine for a very long time. So uh, we couldn't leave the house. Um, they closed down a lot of the public recreational courts. So there was nothing open. Um, the only access I really had to a tennis court was um, a few families that had private courts. Um, my dad teaches some of those families and um luckily when they're able to teach when he's able to teach they go to their house and teach them but we had to shut that down for a little bit and I really do think that time having that time off really just allowed me to like clear my head and just let my body rest and heal for a little bit and just you know kind of take in what's going on and just try to stay safe and healthy as much as possible um but over the last few weeks I've been doing a lot more um fitness and uh, conditioning around the house just to stay in shape as best I can, even though I can't do a lot of tennis. Um, But I actually just started hitting a little bit last week, uh, one of the families who has a tennis court. And so I've been kind of getting back to the swing of things a little bit in that sense. So I'm not really expecting anything out of that because I haven't been playing a lot, but it's been nice to get back in that atmosphere a little bit. And as far as pro aspirations, yeah, I'm still chasing after that. And uh, that's definitely going to be the plan um, after school. Um, 
that I'm really thank I'm really fortunate that I do have another year to pretty much plan out my life and you know see what's going to happen after school but that's definitely on the agenda um once school is over for sure so um hopefully you know there's some sporting events and some pro matches going on because I'm not liking the fact that there's no sports on like it's it's really <laughs> pissing me off right now <laughs> Yeah, no, I think we all are looking forward to seeing yeah anything back on there. And we're all also definitely looking forward to you uh, competing for another year in college tennis. And, you know, want to thank you again for answering all of my questions. Last thing I want to do with you, rapid fire series of questions. Ask you a little bit about your teammates, a little bit about what you've been doing in quarantine. Sound good to you? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's do it. Westoff, give me a rapid fire sound effect, please. Um, let's start here. And Westoff, play the clip of Jada's announcement. Play the audio of that now. I want to just save it for good memories, actually. Before, okay. you, before you guys do that, I wanted to get, let you guys know you can save your senior speeches for later because I'm coming back. No way! What? Oh. Hold on. What? <laughs> So your announcement to come back on Zoom was obviously one that we got to see on social media, and it was a funny one. Did it go as planned? Was that something you were shooting for? Yes, it did. Actually, my <laughs> my coach gave me the inside scoop of what they were going to do because that was supposed to be senior day. So kudos to Stella right there. She really told me what they were going to do. And so I just had to spoil their plans a little bit and it turned out really well. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, you know, just seeing their reactions from it, you know, it just kind of, I had to stop them from doing what they were going to do. And so once I saw their reactions, it really just made me happy. But uh, it was also funny at the same time because uh, unfortunately, um, you know, once you go later in the video, there was a... <laughs> One of my teammates accidentally dropped the F-bomb, so we had to take that out of the video. We couldn't put that in the video, unfortunately, but she had a really nice poster um, that she made. But dang it, she really had to drop the F-bomb, which which kind of ruined it. But overall, it was a really sweet video. So I'm really happy that I was able to make that announcement uh, to them in the way it did. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Uh, so really cool. Also, cool that they put you at the top of the screen where you deserve to be. Um, but, uh, in terms of, <laughs> exactly. in terms, yeah, um, in terms of your teammates, uh, and it can be a teammate you currently played with or someone on one of your former teams. Who is your favorite practice partner from your time at UCLA? Ooh, we have a lot of clean ball strikers on our team. So I, um, but I would have to say Abby Altic. I do think that we get a lot of great rallies in and we we barely miss and she really does like my ball because I hit very flat so it's kind of easy for her to hit back so um I would say Abby Altic all right who's got the messiest tennis bag Oof. um someone's got a ripe banana in there right <laughs> um oh boy I think I would have to say um Sophie maybe um I think I have to say Sophie you know it's kind of scattered a little bit um between the rackets and the shoes and whatnot um so maybe yeah maybe Sophie <laughs> <laughs> who's the best to go out with uh 
past or present? Okay. Um, I would say Terry. Terry was one of my favorite people to go out with. She's hilarious and she, she's comedy. Like I, I just enjoy being around her and she's been the best teammate ever. And she just really keeps the energy light, whether we're on or off the court. But I love going out with her. So Terry Fleming for sure. All right, last one, and I'm. this is the trickiest one, but, you know, practices get competitive, and this is not to say any indictment on what they are, what how they perform in matches, but the teammate that's most likely to hook you in practice to try and get under your skin. <laughs> oh, um, I do not like calling out people, but I'm going to have to do this. I would have to say Miss Ian Broomfield. Um, <laughs> she is definitely one of the most competitive teammates I've ever had, and uh, she will do anything to try and get a point or to try and win. So she'll probably be the one to um, hook a few people every now and then, but it's not often. But it's also out of love, too. Um, you know, when she does it and just me saying it, it's also out of love. But um, I think I'll have to say Ian for sure. <laughs> No, iron sharpens iron. Uh, I guess iron sharpens iron. That's not a good pun. Anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, and yeah, she, she's been on the podcast before. She's welcome to come back and defend herself. Um, but, I, yeah. Oh, I, I, no, I like it. But, um, all right, so let's get to quarantine edition. I'm curious for you. Uh, what is, you know, the newest quarantine hobby you have picked up? Um newest quarantine hobby i've been watching a lot of family food with my dad um in the evenings um i wouldn't say that's kind of new though but it's something that we do every night um so maybe that but i've also been picking up art again uh because i used to draw a lot when i was younger so i would probably say those two things even though you only asked for one and i'm sorry but (laughs) (laughs) i would say i would say yeah art and um family feud night with my dad Mm-hmm. Is it mostly, you know, drawing or paint as well? It's mostly drawing. Um, most of it is black and white, um, just with a pencil. Um, it's mm-hmm. usually like cartoon characters or Disney animated, something along those lines. Um, but I haven't really touched paint in a long time. So it would be interesting to see how that goes if I ever do that again. But it's mainly just um, pencil work, sometimes markers right. too. I would watch a, a Zoom of you and, like, eight portraits of your teammates that you made. Like, I feel like that could be pretty fun. That could be an interesting uh, interesting thing. I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing. That's that's quarantine month three. That's the sort of content I'm looking for. Um, but, you know, uh, f- uh, for you, is there any, has there been any quarantine purchase you're like, I regret? No, because I – actually, no, no, no. I'll take that back. I've had to do some purchases on quarantine. Um, The first purchase I made was two pairs of Nike shoes. Now, those were the best purchases on quarantine, and I don't regret those at all. Um, And I showed them to my dad yesterday, and he really liked them. So I'm really happy with that purchase. Um, But unfortunately, I had to um, make a purchase for um, the GRE, which I'm taking next week. That was not a fun purchase. And also... (laughs) Um, I just uh, did my fee for grad school today, which was another purchase that I'm not too fond about <laughs> as well. So <laughs> anything in that sense, I'm not too pleased with the purchase, but the Nike kicks are definitely the best purchase for sure. 
No, that's all fair. Now mine, I feel like mine are much more minimally impactful. Mine are all food related. It's just like the amount of Reese's and Oreos I've gone through. It's just oh, never ending. Oh, my dad's taking care of the food stuff. He's the one that's going <laughs> stores and, and spending all the money on shopping and food. So he can take care of that, but he'll bring me all the junk food um, at home that's not good. <laughs> he actually <laughs> bought me a lot of baking stuff, which I'll um, start baking soon. But uh, he's taking care of that. He's taking care of those purchases. Meanwhile, I'm huh. just like enjoying myself with some Nikes. Um, but yeah, those two purchases were not my favorite. Um, <laughs> no, fair. All right, last one, and it's a teammate quarantine crossover. Uh, obviously, you guys did do a team Zoom. I'm curious, how chaotic do those Zooms get? And do you allow uh, Coach Stella into the Zoom? Yes, uh, we actually do have um, Zoom calls uh, with the coaches. So we do those every other week. Um, where we do some team activities with them and we kind of update how things are um, being on quarantine. And then um, every other week, we just do a call with just the girls and I. And those get a little bit more chaotic because there's definitely a lot more yelling, a lot more screaming, a lot more people talking when other people are talking. You know, people don't really give the chance to have, uh, people don't give each other the opportunity to talk sometimes. They just kind of talk over each other, which can get chaotic. Um, but we do have, um, the opportunity for the coaches to be able to come into our zoom calls. So that's been nice to have them involved and just to also be with the team sometimes. So bonus question, if you could mute one teammate, who would you pick? (laughs) I actually have two. Um, and I would do, (laughs) and I would do it in a heartbeat. I would unmute, I would mute Sophie and Annette real quick. (laughs) (laughs) And I love them both very dearly. I love them both very dearly, but those are the two I will mute very quick because, like I said, some of the girls do talk over each other, and those two sometimes talk over each each other, and it can get loud. Even just in person, they do it. So it's just like sometimes you just got to, like, put them on mute, Um, which is nice to do, especially if you're the host person. You can kind of control if um, put people on mute, but... Um, fortunately, if you're not the host, then you just got to deal with it. So, but I would say those two. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's the perfect place to end today's podcast. Well, Jada, again, congratulations to you on being a both singles and doubles All-American this year. Seriously, you were in the midst of such a special season. And, you know, it, it, we are all fortunate as college tennis fans that we get to see you come back once again in 2021. So good luck to you. I hope you stay safe and healthy and know that you're welcome back on this podcast, of course, at any time. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed my time here and I hope to be back. You know, hopefully it's with a win um, in in the school year. So we'll see what happens. 2021 Bruin season preview. Me, you, 40 minutes. I'm looking forward to it. Thank (laughs) you. Yeah, stay safe. Take care. Bye. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with UCLA All-American Jada Hart, and I just want to reiterate again, I know I speak for college tennis fans everywhere when I say how excited we are to learn that we are going to get her back for another season. That UCLA team was sneaky good, and I know UNC beat them handily in that national indoor final, but the scoreline did not reflect 
how close that match was in reality. Uh, you know, those were two teams since we're bringing back all of the characters next year. I can't tell you how much I look forward to watching them battle. And, you know, we're going to get to see some other teams in the mix as well. But certainly, you know, Abby Forbes and Leisha Bolton and Jada Hart. That's as strong a top three as you will find anywhere in the country. Certainly competes with Graham, Davitella, and, you know, Jones and... Just that UN's it again, we are in for a really special twenty twenty one college tennis season and I promise all of you listeners, Jada Hart will play a big part of it. So again, a huge thank you to her for taking the time to speak with us. And as I mentioned, there are a bunch of seniors who face similar choices to Jada Hart. And if you want to hear from all of them, be sure to go back and check out some of the cracked interviews we have done. I mean, some of the best players in the college tennis game, people like Ashley Leahy and Alexa Graham. I mentioned her name, Sarah Davitella. We have a podcast recorded with, we haven't quite released, but you can hear, you know, from the Will Blumbergs of the world as well, these, this, you know, the process behind making that decision if you're a senior do I forego an additional year of college you know or and go turn professionally or already or do I make the most of this opportunity go back to college and either a finish up my education b get another year of college development you know it's a fascinating dichotomy for so many of these uh, players that they have to make and so uh, it, it's made for some really great conversations so be sure you can find all of those interviews plus the conversations we've had with Bethany Maddox Sands Monica Pui and you know uh um, who am I missing? Uh, Chris Woodruff and Paul Anacone. So much more on that Cracked Interviews podcast. So hopefully you all are listening. Of course, we're rocking and rolling on all of our podcasts. As I mentioned in the intro, the GSP I did with Midwest Sports buyer and product manager Dave Limke is one I think all of you fans will enjoy, particularly as we all get ready to begin to make our returns to the tennis court. I've also had conversations with uh, former ATP CEO Mark Miles and Sports Business Journal's Brett McCormick on that podcast. So hopefully you're all listening to the GSPs. Of course, we're rocking and rolling day in, day out on the mini break this week in terms of the guests we had, J.C. Aragoni Monday, Carousel uh, Tuesday, Jay Berger on Thursday, and then, of course, Max Rothman on Wednesday. And so, you know, a great week of guests, you know, and not necessarily in that order, I suppose. But, uh, you know, we're rock and rolling, of course, on the mini break. And then the Inside Out podcast, our brand new narrative-based show. Uh, all of our shows you can find wherever you listen to your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever it may be. All we ask, please like, rate, subscribe, review, share with your friends. We are doing our part, again, to try and ensure that all of you listeners have the sort of channel you can turn to that sort of output where if you need to escape the day-to-day stresses and you want to get absorbed you know absorb your I suppose get absorbed be absorbed in the tennis community I don't know if I got the verbiage right there but if you want to just escape into the tennis world we are happy to offer you a mechanism to do just that and of course if you have missed any of our content be sure to check out our website crackrackets.com hit and one overserved CR classics all available on our YouTube channel super producer Daniel Westoff killing it on there and as always shout out to both him and Max Ligner for the f- of an editing job they do day in day out making all of our work possible here at Cracked Rackets. Also want to give a big thank you again to our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com use that promo code CR15 get 15% off all of your tennis equipment needs. Also shout out to our friends at Aerobar who again we are so excited to be doing getting to the point uh, Thursdays with our first two guests Michael Russell and Jay Berger exceptional interviews you all can find on the mini break podcast but go get yourself some aero bars again you want to be properly fueled as you get back to the tennis court order yourself go to aerobar.com use that promo code cracked 15 
you'll get 15% off your order, as well as letting them know that we sent you there. All right, though, with that said, for our wonderful guest, uh, Jada Hart of UCLA, who we all look forward to seeing compete in college tennis for one more season, for the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Crack Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.